0: Welcome to the last student-reviewed cast of 2020. Better days ahead in 2021, let's hope. And we have an abbreviated show for you right now. Part of that is due to the fact that it is the holiday schedule. And another part of it is the fact that we just have, unfortunately, uh, some of the bad things of life are going on. Michael is dealing with some... um, family matters that arose that required his immediate attention, and uh, Joseph has some uh, projects going on that uh, are time-specific for his um, day job, and uh, so they're working on those right now, and they're not able to uh, join us. Justin is with us today, and as usual, you will be able to see us online at sknr.net. You can catch us on um Line it, Central P-I-N-A-L, Central.com. Keyword skewed, where we have the game reviews and such over the 12 newspapers. We just had a really nice review for um, World of Warcraft Shadowlands go up the other day. And then, of course, we have skewed and reviewed the magazine. The most uh, recent issue is out at places like Barnes & Noble, Magster, um, Flipster, MagCloud, so on and so forth. And then, of course, BJ Shay's Geek Nation on KISW.com. Um, We simulcast on the site. We'll resume recording segments for the show in uh, the first week of January. And so until then, it's a lot of uh, wrap-up, maintenance, planning ahead, that sort of thing. Usually at this time of year, we're planning for the Consumer Electronics Show, and that's gonna take a different format this year, and we'll be discussing that in just a few moments. Um, But naturally, this time of year, You don't have the PR people around, you don't have the uh, major releases for films and games and everything going on, especially with the situation in the world right now, so generally speaking, uh, we expect next week to be pretty quiet, don't expect too much email in, maybe a few uh, general housekeeping emails or stuff like that, but probably not expecting any major news, Uh, probably going to be that way for the next couple of weeks, so I thought this would be a good time to have a look at some of my favorite films of the year. And this was a very challenging year because up until March, we were still going to theaters and having our advanced screenings. And then everything went into limbo for a while. And then we started to see certain things um, made available to us to stream online because, as you know, more and more movies kept getting pushed back and pushed back. Things started to skip theaters and go straight to streaming video-on-demand. And then as we get to the end of the year, being a voting member of the Phoenix Film Critics Society, I have been flooded with all sorts of four-year consideration, discs and streaming situations. I've seen several of the new releases, um, got to see Wonder Woman 1984, got to see The Croods 2, got to see News of the World. Days ago, and of course, some of the older ones like Tenet and um, Soul, and which older to me because I'd seen it a while ago, and the invisible uh, man things like that have been made available to us. So, a lot of stuff there. And before we get into um, the main discussion of CES, and before we get into my uh, so-called so far favorite films of the year list. I wanted to go over a few that are honorable mentions that haven't uh, had a chance to really get into as much uh, or didn't make the list. So we have Mank. We have the documentary First Cow, Pieces of a Woman. And we also have The Life Ahead, which was a very interesting film with Sophia Loren. We have I'm Thinking of Ending Things, which was a dark... uh, The 40-year-old version, uh, very good film here. Uh, Aaron Sorkin's Trial of the Chicago 7, Five Bloods, Prom, which you can see on streaming, Midnight Sky, which is uh, George Clooney's film on Netflix, One Night in Miami, and one that I was very fond of, you can get it on Amazon's Borat Subsequent Movie Film, quite funny. Sound of Metal, if you're a big fan of music, you're going to want to see that. Over the Moon, a really interesting animated film. A Sundance Award winner, Boys State. A interesting film called Minari, foreign film. Very charming film that is on um, Apple, on the rocks with um, Bill Murray and Rashida Jones. That was a nice little father-daughter film. Athlete A, uh, The Social Dilemma. Now this is a film that will definitely make you think twice. uh, on Netflix, about how the whole social media thing works. Amazon's film Radioactive, if you've ever been curious about Madame Curie and her invention of radium and so on. Uh, Sundance winner, Dick Johnson is Dead. Really good film I saw on uh, Amazon a few weeks ago called I'm Your Woman. Uh, one called Crip Camp, it's a documentary. And Amazon Studios herself. So lots and lots of options. So, Justin, we have the Consumer Electronics Show coming up in a couple of weeks. Now, for those who uh, do not know or regularly follow it, the Consumer Electronics Show uh, takes place in Las Vegas. It's going to be kicking off on January 11th, running through the week. And uh, traditionally, this has always been our first show of the year. It gives us a little bit of a jump to it as, you know, we have a couple of quiet weeks, We go through New Year, and then usually the first week of the year, uh, which, you know, depending on how it falls, January 4th, January 3rd, depending on what that Monday is, that whole week is often just kind of um, slowly getting back into it. You have a few emails setting up your appointments. You have a few um, transitions where you say, okay, uh, what are we going to do next and what's coming up? And this year, because of the situation in the world, we are going to a digital format. And this is where the electronic companies, anybody from gaming industry to home, entertainment, audio, car, medical, um, security, if you name it, if it's electronic in any way, shape, or form, watches, televisions, radios, um, you know, virtual reality, if you can think it up, it is at this. And we've talked about some of the challenges. I mean, throughout the year, companies will often put out uh, trailers and say, hey, here's our new headphones or here's our new microprocessor, whatever. Uh, but there's a big difference in that as opposed to when we get to see it and experience it on the floor. And sometimes we're told, hey, you know, we're going to have more information for you down the road, that sort of thing. So, Justin, why don't we keep it um, uh, open right now, and why don't you tell us some of the technology, you don't need to be brand specific per se, but what are some of the technological products that you are most looking forward to hearing about?
1: Yeah, so, um, you know, traditionally uh, CES, I mean, has a lot of really big announcements there, so, and hopefully that's still the case, even though that they're doing a more digital format this year. Um, What I sort of expect is a uh, a bit of a focus on television technology and five G. I think are probably going to be two of the biggest things that are that are shown there. Uh, just reading a little bit more um, about who's going and um, some 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 speculation as to what they might be showing. Um, you know we'll probably see more eight K televisions um, shown there, even though eight K hasn't really taken off yet. It's it's still very 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 small part of the overall business of televisions being sold it's really mostly 4k still um but that doesn't mean that we won't see 8k 8k is obviously the future and they probably want to showcase that and and show where where everything is heading um beyond that we're also probably going to see some more of the uh um more interesting um visual models for television so uh oled and and micro led um those are very oleds have been around for a while but uh, micro led um there's some speculation that uh the first consumer micro led television might be shown at ces this uh on 2021 um which would be really interesting obviously probably going to be way out of of people's budget but but uh, still interesting to see if that is uh, going to be there to, sh- to kind of showcase where televisions are heading in the future. Uh, but given that people are spending more time at home, it does make sense that, uh, you know, there's going to be some focus on home entertainment. People are probably going to be willing to spend more money on their home, uh, home theater setup, just because uh, they've spent pretty much the entire year indoors uh, at home. So they might have a little bit more... Uh, willingness to upgrade their home theater, so I do think that there's probably going to be a big focus on televisions and, and home theater technology. Uh, the other one that's probably going to be pretty huge, um, which also goes a little bit into um, the uh, what's going on in the world, is 5G. Um, 5G uh, obviously has already been announced. It's a, We already know it's coming. It's been talked about, but I think there's probably going to be more Cell phones and and other devices that are five G capable and probably some announcements as to the expansion of the five G network. Um, by as of right now, five G is not really widely used, but um, you know, again, given that people are working more at home, um, there, uh, I you know I I have uh, you know firsthand knowledge of this that uh, there's a lot of people that are relying on. 4g connections to get their work done and it's just not cutting it anymore so i think there's probably going to be a lot of pressure for the carriers to upgrade the 5g networks and roll it out quicker um mainly because of of how many people are working at home and how many people are relying on it now so i think there's probably going to be some announcements about that as well
0: i think it's going to be interesting to see how much is there in terms of uh, your products and, you know, I know that some of these companies had made these arrangements long before it had been, uh, you know, you have companies that show up every year and then you have companies who, um, you know, case specific because obviously there is a cost of getting your boot space and there is a cost of flying to, you know, traveling to and from Vegas, your inventory, your boot space, your food, your entertainment call it what you will and you know we can argue oh it's a business expense, blah blah blah. But depending on company. Like a few years back we had a flood of companies that were in uh, drones and that sort of thing. But you know, some of them may be in a situation where we could come one year, but coming every single year isn't as feasible for us. And you now some of them will do things like they'll say, Okay, I can't uh, I, I can't swing a booth on the floor again. But what I'll do is I'll set up in my hotel room or a suite, and we'll just do invite-only stuff like that. And what is interesting to me is that as of now, they have 1,758 exhibitors uh, taking part in the show. And it's important to know that uh, some of these companies do not even do business in the U.S. As anybody who uh, has been to the show knows, not only is it scattered all over Las Vegas, but it takes up... Las Vegas Convention Center and you have a hall like you'll have a downstairs portion of a hall you'll have an upstairs portion of a hall you have these long connecting corridors that take you over to a second set of halls and there's again you have a downstairs area with that and then it goes back into a larger area that opens up but then you go out into a concourse and there's stuff around that and then a whole new set of halls out back and that doesn't count the, um, as I said, the hotel and the off-site meetings, and then there's all these things that are set up in the parking lot around the convention. So, you know, you look at just the main page here, and you have people as diverse as Audi, BMW, Bosch, Bridgestone, Canon, Caterpillar, uh, you know, General Motors there, as well as other companies, and, um, I, you know, I remember... A couple years back, we went in there and there was a gigantic full-size harvester, you know, a John Deere harvester, bang, right there. Uh, IBM, Hisense, Incel, you know, LG, Samsung. So you guys know what companies are going to be there. And it's, it's interesting because part of this is that um, I won't name any specific names, but there are certain companies that I know of who have been a regular part of this show. Now, admittedly, they have done off-site um, meetings and that sort of thing. And then, of course, as I mentioned, the convention center, I, I completely slipped my mind to mention the Venetian in the Sands, where they have tons of stuff. They have uh, you know, a gigantic hall there, uh, two giant halls full of stuff there, and then they have several corridors full of independent meeting rooms. Um, where you can go in and maybe, you know, go into a conference room size thing and discuss. So, you know, to say that it takes up a big chunk of Las Vegas is not make an the saturation. And then, you know, there's stuff around at Caesars and so on. And, you know, as you look at it, so, okay, you know, here's Sony, here's AMD, that sort of thing. You also are seeing some companies that we know have new products that are not going to be um, taking part in the show and I think part of that could be the fact that they just said we already rolled out our product, you know, this is our preferred way of doing it is to sit in our suite, to sit at our booth and meet people and show off the products. If we're not going to be able to do that, we don't really have time to put together uh, an online presentation or they feel that, you know, doing Zoom meetings really isn't the best way to do that, um, you know, and, and you go from there. but. You know, here, here's a prime example, Justin. Some of the things that you get there are like the Trade Consumer Corporation of Canada and the post office. And people go, well, what's that all about? And you go, well, look at the post office, digital scales, you know, ways so you can do your shipping out of your home, out of your office so you don't have to go to the post office. That's a big deal. And part of it, too, was I understand that people who actually bought products on site had the option to ship directly from the ship. So it will be interesting, and of course, one of the things that I think a lot of people are going to be looking at is the healthcare. care. Uh, people do not think about it, but there is a lot of health care uh, stuff there. You also have a lot of things regarding uh, not just entertainment. I mean, I've seen things like uh, there was one that I got a real kick out of, which was a full-size batting machine complete with a video uh, display. Where it simulated all these various major league pitchers, and it would literally, it had the arm angle. So, like, if one guy throws from down low or over the top, the ball would come out there. So it matched them. It would have their type. So if a guy was more into curveballs and fastballs, you would get that. And so, you know, that was an interesting thing. I saw like uh, miniaturized hockey rinks where you could literally stand there. You could do um, your skiing just from in place, almost like a virtual reality hybrid. So there's a lot of stuff, and, you know, as I always point out, and if Mike will here, he'd tell you, there's a lot of technology that many of which may not ever come to market because it's just so out there. I mean, I remember a 3D television, a high-def 3D television that did not require glasses, but it um, reconfigured itself. It would curve its screen or flatten its screen based on your um, desires. Now. While that product itself may not have come to the market, the technology did, and has shown up in other people's formats. So, you know, it'll be interesting to see. And of course, I expect probably next week, and maybe maybe a bit the week after, uh, we're going to see a big chunk of um, people starting to email to give us, "Hey, do you want to meet? Do you want to do anything like so?" For example, um, some of the the companies that we've already got meetings set up with, we're going to meet with Razor and find out about the new technologies. They said that they have um, some stuff that's going to be under embargo, so it'll be very interesting to see what they have. Uh, Kingston has uh, already come around and said they've got some new products, so we're hoping, uh, you know, looking forward to that. Samsung and LG have already come forward. We've had some smaller companies Uh, that we haven't heard of before to, you know, talk about it. And that's kind of the beauty of the Consumer Electronics Show. You get a mix of old and new. Uh, One major company, again, I will not name just for the sake of, you know, protecting things, that said they are not going to take part in this, but they have told us that they've got a few announcements coming in January that are going to be under embargo, so new products. So, um, you know, I think it's it's kind of an interesting thing. I, I think it will be interesting to see while people hope things get better and we start to see a little more normalcy come back into the world in later 2021. It, like you said, Justin, I think a lot of companies are looking at this and saying, all right, you're gonna have a lot of people at home. Uh, what can we do to enhance uh, our products so that they are appealing, Um, you know, one of the big things for a lot of headphones has always been on the go, on the go, on the go. So how do you push on the go but at the same time this is going to work really well at your house and how is it going to work if you don't have the back and forth and that's why it's been really interesting to me is that a lot of these companies are setting up like virtual booths where they will give you a tour and apparently you will be online and you can say oh, oh hold on i have a question about this right you know like they're they're literally setting up booths and they will have a representative virtually walking you through the booth like they would if you had checked in and said, hi i'm here for a meeting and they walk you through the booth so that would be really cool to see so anything else that you are really looking forward to seeing uh, tech wise or game wise or in terms of game tech wise i know there was a lot of focus on the new gaming consoles, and uh, anything that you're looking forward to seeing as a offshoot of that?
1: Well, um, you know, it's kind of a shot in the dark. I don't don't know if we're gonna see anything new GPU related just because the 30 series RTX line are still really hard to get and uh, still relatively new. It just came out in October, so it'd be a little soon to expect nvidia to announce their next line of uh of uh, video cards or gpus um maybe from the radeon slash ati side um that might or amd rather um ati was their old name uh that's possible just because if i i don't really follow their um their release schedules as closely so you know, if I, if I remember correctly, their most recent GPU is about a year old, maybe a couple years old at this point. Uh, I might be totally off on that, but I, again, I don't really follow their um, their release schedules as closely. So maybe we'll see something from, from AMD regarding GPUs. Um, we'll probably see uh, something new on the CPU side uh, from Intel, which might be interesting. Um, But yeah, as far as like video game consoles, like you said, we're probably not going to see anything new console-related specifically just because the new ones just came out. But maybe we'll see, you know, there's a small small chance we'll see something GPU-related. And, uh, you know, we'll probably see something CPU-related.
0: I think what you might see is you might start seeing the third-party accessories. You might start seeing um, some companies start saying, this is our, our controller for the uh, PS5, this is our controller for the Xbox, or um, you might start seeing, like, this is our external cooler, or, you know, something like that. And what I'm kind of waiting and seeing. and I'm curious, I'm going to, you know, I hope Kingston will do this. I'm not sure if Western Digital is taking part yet, but, you know, I certainly hope they are. And one of the things that I am curious is the whole issue of storage. Now, Justin, why don't you, since this is definitely your background, why don't you talk to us a bit about how the storage on the new um, systems work uh, in terms of adding on storage? Because that's been a subject of debate uh, for some people.
1: Yeah, so to my knowledge, um, you can add... uh, you, for the ps4 you could add external hard drives um, but if I remember correctly there was a some some controversy that the ps5 won't support solid state drive storage expansion at launch uh, which is kind of odd just because um, you know it they, apparently Sony has said that they'll add it later um, which is just somewhat somewhat strange which I guess you know, you could make the argument that this, the internal storage will probably be enough to get people by until, um, until they need uh, some sort of external storage um, because there's just not that many games that are out for it yet. Uh, so, so yeah, I mean, I could definitely see that argument, but, but at the same time, you know, um, it is going to be a big deal for people just because of how large these games are and how large the save files are and things like that. you know obviously it supports cloud storage and things like that but um you know it it is just kind of an interesting thing that it doesn't support um you know any type of storage expansion uh but they're going to add it later um supposedly uh it it's going to i don't own a ps5 but apparently it supports m.2 solid state drives um which you know I, I have experience with dealing with those they are very easy to to insert um and remove so that that's great but and y- there is a, apparently a slot on the PS5 for a a spare M.2 hard drive um but it just doesn't support it uh, which is just out of the box which is just odd i what what's sort of strange about it is i don't know what would what exactly would inhibit them from enabling that from the start and and why they would do that, but um, you know that is what they decided to do. Apparently, they're going to add that that's functionality in later. Um, for the Xbox One, I'm I'm less knowledgeable about its uh, um, its storage capabilities, but um, apparently, you can use uh, just regular external hard drives with it. Um, or sorry, this Xbox Series X. I get them all mixed up because Microsoft's naming conventions are a little bit different. Um, yeah, but yes, apparently you can just use an external hard drive. Um, for storage, um, you can use basically a, uh, an expansion card as well. So, you know that if you're looking for more storage, the it looks like the Xbox Series X is is a little bit is a little bit uh, better for that it, It's a little bit more expansive, obviously. But um, you know, eventually the PS Five will catch up.
0: Yeah, and here, here's the trick about it. It, it. Like you said, it is confusing to people um, because you look at the Xbox, for example. My son, uh, we got him a Series S for Christmas's birthday. They are right, you know, fairly close to each other, so it was an easy combination for him. And I got him some games to go with it, and he's already filled up a big chunk of his hard drive. He's literally telling me if he wants to play the Call of Duty Black Ops Cold War expansion, he probably has to delete a sports game off that. And this is still holding on to his Xbox One, uh, that the hard drive for that and the external is, and it's such a complicated situation where um, as we understand it you can plug an external hard drive into your Xbox 1x and store your games no problem but anything on your Xbox one the new one you can't you, you, you can't store new games that are made for the new consoles on that so, He has to store his old generation games on an external drive on his old system. If he puts them on his Xbox drive, on the internal hard drive, obviously he can do that, current and old. But if he runs out of space, which he has now, he can't just say, oh, I'm going to move my old hockey game and my old Madden game over to this external drive and play it on my new system. It doesn't work that way. And so literally he's got to have it like floating in limbo, like delete it off his hard drive uh, on his Xbox. He can store it on an external and then slide it back when he needs to. And the flip side of that is they sell Seagate offers these expansion cards for the Xbox Series X. But to give you an idea, folks, these are $219 a pop, $219.99 for for an expansion card. People say, okay, what's the big deal? Well, my uh, comment on that would be, that's almost what you pay for the console itself. So, you know, to get one terabyte of expansion, you are paying, and it's like a cartridge, it plugs into it, it's um, 219 bucks. So when you just had to shell out for a system, having to, to pay that is a bit of an issue. And so, I'm kind of waiting to see if A, Seagate is going to offer a different price structure on that, or are we going to see other companies like Western Digital, like Patriot, like Kingston uh, come out and offer an alternative to people because, you know, if you go back far enough and you remember the original uh, PlayStation 2, when they had... Um, expansion, they had the same thing. They had those little great cartridges that you plug into the front. And it eventually took place where you could get third party ones. But, you know, initially you had to go through the, the Sony ones, and there was obviously a big difference in price. So, interesting stuff. It will be very interesting to keep an eye out and hopefully see some uh, real improvements and uh, great stuff down the way now next week uh hopefully we'll have michael and joseph back and we'll be able to go in depth more about the consumer electronics show uh because hopefully by that point well not hopefully by that point we will be uh, coming up you know next week we will be about a week away from the show we still have time to go over it on the 10th and really lock things down so basically our general plan is that we're gonna see where we are see if there's any news next week of note and uh, you know obviously focus on that if not we have the opportunity to expand on some things maybe do our best of and also look at them so you know we've kind of kept it open either the third or tenth we'll do another CES thing Uh, part of me says the tenth would be good because it's right before the show starts the other part of me says Eh, I don't know if I want to talk about something and then people uh, listen to the show two days later when we're already contradicting ourselves with updated information. But hey, is the nature of the game. The final thing I wanted to leave you with is while we're not doing the full vote uh, until February this year um, or next year, got to get used to saying that now, um, for our best of the year list, I wanted to give people a Rundown because they have the time off right now. There are certain films that are available in your theaters where they are open and safe to go to, video on demand, streaming options. So I wanted to give you, uh, in no particular order, um, some of my favorite films of the year. And the interesting thing about it is that when I was compiling this list, I looked back and I was like, really, that was this year? And it was kind of bittersweet in many ways because I can remember some of them going and seeing them with my wife, going to the press screening, that sort of thing, and then everything, as we know, went (laughs) crazy. Uh, So, in no particular order, we have the new Tom Hanks film, News of the World. I saw this recently, absolutely loved the film, thought it was uh, really, really good and uh, well worth seeing. That is currently in theaters. I'm not sure if it's doing the video on demand. I know that it's uh, available overseas and that sort of stuff, Tom Hanks is uh, again back with Destroyer, which was a very good World War II story. You can get that on Apple TV. Invisible Man, I really enjoyed it. I thought it was a really nice update of the classic story, and that is available on HBO Max, Video On Demand, and other options. Uh, The Way Back with Ben Affleck, I thought that was uh, well worth seeing. It's nice to see a uh, more humanistic take on a sports story. Available streaming right now on Disney Plus. is sold. You definitely want to check that out. If you want a little different uh, Christmas film, check out Fat Man with uh, Mel Gibson and Walter uh, Goggins. uh, Come play, a very interesting uh, take on horror film. Antebellum. The film did not get as much attention as we thought it might, uh, but it, it was definitely there and made an impression. Hinge. Russell Crowe turned in a very good performance. Uh, Irresistible was another one to definitely keep an eye out for. Uh, And then, of course, going back to when we were still able to see things in the theaters, as for pure popcorn pleasures, I really enjoyed Bad Boys for Life and Onward. And so uh, those are my current works in progress. So hopefully we'll have something... um, you know, more definitive for you very soon. Now, before we wrap up, Justin, did you have anything else that you wanted to add today?
1: Uh, Nope, that should cover it.
0: All right, well, that's going to do it, folks. Have a very good week ahead. Stay safe and uh, enjoy your new year when we'll talk to you. Next, it will be 2021, and uh, definitely looking forward to better things ahead. Until then, take care.